Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're going to be recapping the 2006 rom-com, The Breakup, starring Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. I guess while she was filming this movie, The Breakup, Brad Pitt was filming Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie. Mm. It was a little, a little bit of a prophecy that she was filming The Breakup because her and Brad Pitt ended up divorcing. Well, then Jennifer started dating her co-star from this movie, so. Yeah. Was it all his fault? Oh, what are you trying to say? Was it all Brad Pitt's fault? Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were married for a while in Hollywood standards. Yeah. They were they were just too pretty to be together. I don't know how two people that are that pretty can stand to look at each other that much. You know what? Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt's children would have been gorgeous. Would they have been or would they have just canceled the prettiness would have just canceled itself out and they would have had a baby that looked like Vince Vaughn? I don't know. I feel like if two ugly people have a baby, the ugly cancels out. <laughs> but like two positive, like a positive and a positive still make a positive, but a negative and a negative make a positive. Hmm. Okay. But then how do ugly people get here? Oh, <laughs> then you have like a positive and a negative and then uh-huh. it comes into a ne- Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how ugly people happen. Didn't your parents have to talk with you when you were growing up? Not that talk specifically. <laughs> that don't leave the bathroom floor wet when you get out of the shower because if my socks get wet, I'm going to beat your ass talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just good life lessons. Yeah. Okay, so this movie takes place in Chicago. Yeah. Vince Vaughn, who plays Gary, is a co-owner of a tour company in Chicago, and they do double-decker bus tours of Chicago. He's the host. Is that what they're called? The people that kind of guide? The guide. He's the guide. Yeah, he's the tour guide. One of his brothers does maintenance on the buses, and then his other brother does the books. He does the business aspect of it. Gary's the talent. Gary's the talent. You know what, though? I've taken some tour bus trips and let me tell you these guides they are talkers like they Mm -hmm. they are so witty they're so good on their feet they can charm the pants off of you and we i mean sorry why did i say that that was weird It's okay. Tell us more about how you want Vince Vaughn to take your pants off. Nothing like that happened on the tours I was on. I guess I just mean to say they are sweet talkers. Their talent is talking. And we see this because that is how Gary ends up picking up Jennifer Aniston's character, whose name is Brooke. Yeah. Brooke is this beautiful girl at a baseball game. It looks like she's on a first date. And Uh Gary sees her. And he corners her at the end of the game and he talks his way into her pants. And he's just like, hey, come have a drink with me. She tells him, no, I'm with somebody. I can't. And he's like, who? The guy in the visor and the plaid shorts? I'm doing you a favor. Even in 2006, like a visor and plaid shorts were not cutting it. You can do one or the other. You can wear a visor or a plaid shorts. You cannot do both. No porcanos lost dose. (laughs) This is the exception to that rule. Yeah, you have to pick one or the other. And it seems like Brooke is just kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go get a drink. Screw my date. Yeah. So he talks his way into her pants, essentially. Uh And we see a series of pictures detailing their relationship, essentially. 
We see Mm -hmm. them going out on dates, hanging out with friends, going on trips, Uh all of these things, moving into their condo that they purchased together. Mm -hmm. To me, there is something about picture montages that feel more real and intimate than videos. Yeah, there is. Because in my head, I'm like, they couldn't have possibly faked this entire scene just for a single picture. Like, it must have happened. (laughs) Yeah, like... (laughs) I always wonder about that in movies when they have all these pictures of like families and events and like the actors are in these pictures. I'm like, are those photoshopped or did they actually all have to sit there and pose for these pictures one day? Well, sometimes they are photoshopped and I think it's very obvious when it's photoshopped. But these were genuine pictures of Mm -hmm. Brooke and Gary being in a relationship for five years and something about seeing their life in pictures It just drove the point home so much more poignantly than it would have been if they would have just showed little clips the way movies usually do. Yeah, I I don't know. I really loved the montage there because we do love a good montage. But a picture montage, I feel like it's something we've only had a couple times. Yeah, and it's usually towards the end, like kind of like a little gaffe. But Brooke and Gary, they buy a condo together. They join a couple's bowling league. And so they're really like making a life together, even mm-hmm. though they're not engaged. And and honestly, Courtney, they don't talk about marriage at all. No, not and, once. Like marriage and engagement is not a factor in this whole movie. And I'm surprised by that because I thought that was going to be the catalyst for the breakup. No, the catalyst for the breakup was something that I think that both men and women can really relate to. So Gary comes home after a long day at work. Brooke is preparing this big meal. She's preparing a table. They're having their families over for dinner together that night. Brooke's family and Gary's family. Gary comes home. He kisses her. He hands her a bag of stuff that she asked him to pick up. And then he goes to watch the baseball game. She asked Gary to buy 12 lemons and he only bought three. And so (laughs) this causes like a little fight. It's one of those fights where... It's like, you never fill in the blank. You Mm -hmm. always fill in the blank. Like, you could tell that there's resentment there and there's roots that go way beyond these lemons. And she explains to him, like, this was for the centerpiece. What the hell am I supposed to do with three lemons? And he goes, put it in a smaller glass. (laughs) Could you just imagine, like, a tumbler (laughs) on the table with three lemons? Yeah. And first of all, their table is huge. It seats, like, ten people. Brooke works as well. She works full-time as well. She came Mm -hmm. home tired from work. She cleaned. She cooked. She's asking him for help getting the table ready. And he kind of peeks up and he's like, oh, it looks like you already kind of did most of it. Just finish it up. So the thing that I'm seeing is that he's using the skill that he used to land her in a way Uh that now annoys her because he's using his talking skills to get out of doing anything. And she even explains to him, she's like, no. She's like, Gary, can you please just go take a shower and then help me with the table? Because what's going to happen is our guests are going to arrive. I'm not going to be done cooking. And then I'm going to have to entertain and cook at the same time. Yeah. And he just completely blows her off. And then what happens? The doorbell rings and then he immediately decides he needs to go take a shower. Women everywhere were putting on their boxing gloves. We, we were about to fight. Yes. We were about to fight. <laughs> yeah. And dinner is not really that great of a dinner because you can tell that Brooke's brother annoys the hell out of Gary. 
And do you think maybe it's because Brooke's brother is this very excitable, happy guy who who likes to do acapella randomly? He's just kind of a happy guy. Well, especially because her brother does pull everybody at the table unwillingly into a chorus of acapella. Gary and Brooke are the kind of couple that will straight up start bickering in front of people. And I think mm-hmm. we all know couples like this where it's like they're at yeah. each other's throats and they're always waiting for the tiniest chance to just start bickering. Yeah, they get in an argument at the table because somebody compliments their condo and he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I love it a lot, but a pool table in the condo would make it perfect. And Brooke's like, we talked about this. We don't have the room. Yeah. And so, of course, once again, Gary's superpower is talking his way into things. So he starts arguing, which you could see it makes everyone else at the table feel awkward. So after dinner, when Gary and Brooke are alone again, Gary just heads back to the couch. Brooke makes a face and then she very passive aggressively announces that she's going to clean the kitchen. Yeah, she's like, come on, it'll take 15 minutes. And he just kind of blows it off and says, no, we'll do it later. We'll do it tomorrow. Right. He says he wants to relax. There are two types of people in this world. There are people who need to clean the kitchen immediately after dinner. And there are people that need to relax after dinner before they clean the kitchen. True. I am the latter. (laughs) I am also the latter. And those two people should not be together. Those people can be together as long as it's understood if you want the kitchen clean directly after dinner you're going to be the one doing it i'll clean the kitchen just later right there needs to be an understanding there no that's so true i love that it's like remember it bothers you so you do it (laughs) well he does eventually be like fine whatever i'll help you clean the kitchen Mm -hmm. she blows up at him and says no i want you to want to help me clean the kitchen it's a ridiculous statement and it's not what she really means right but this is the thing Uh about arguments is that people start arguing about what's coming out of their mouths instead of what they actually mean yeah and so the argument is just morphing before our eyes Mm -hmm. then it becomes about the lemons then it becomes about how he never takes her out how he's not considerate and it just Mm -hmm. turns turns into a million different arguments and it's so kind of relatable because this is exactly how arguments happen. It seems like the point she's trying to get at is we only ever do what you want to do and I don't feel appreciated. But she doesn't say that, okay? She is telling him, you didn't get lemons, you don't take me to the ballet. So it's all just kind of roundabout, this roundabout argument that's not going to get them anywhere. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, he snaps and he starts screaming at her that she is nagging at him and that nothing he does is good enough and that he wants her to leave him the hell alone. Uh huh. And she takes that literally. She says, I'm done. I'm done with all of this. I'm done with this relationship. You don't deserve me. And you know what? They're both right and they're both wrong. I could see how she feels like she's doing everything because she is. Yeah, I could see how uh-huh. he feels like he can't do anything right because that's how she treats him. This could have all been solved if they would have just sat down and calmly talked about what was bothering them. But, you know, there is kind of a fulfilling prophecy to relationships like this to where it's like she does everything because she doesn't trust him to do it right. But would he actually do it right if he did it? 
I feel like he's the type of guy that would definitely weaponize incompetence. No, he has been. That's kind of the trend of the relationship is that he enjoys having her do everything. Who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. That's a very enjoyable thing to do. And honestly, I don't think she would mind doing everything if he just showed her that he appreciated her. Men are not mind readers. And I think that's what a lot of women, myself included at times, forget. Yeah, You can't, the subtlety is not for the men. (laughs) Yes, the subtlety is not for the men. Listen, a woman, she will understand the side eyes. She would understand the up and down eyes. She will understand the rolling Uh of the eyes. She understands the language, the subtlety, the subtle art of body Uh language. Men do not. It goes right over their head. No, unless you tell a man directly, you cannot be like, I hinted. So Gary leaves and he goes to a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Brooke is at home and she calls her friend and they're both just venting on the other one. Like Gary is like, what the fuck is her problem, man? It's just lemons. Gary's friend gives him really bad advice. Gary's oh, yeah. friend is like, well, dude, honestly, sounds like she doesn't want you anymore. She's probably sleeping with someone else. Is she going to try to keep the condo? Dude, you need to make sure she doesn't keep that condo. It's in your name, right? Man, this can get really messy. So his friend is immediately sowing bad intent into the whole situation. Yeah, his friend's like, listen, what's the guy's name? We can take care of it. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Brooke convinces herself that Gary will come to his senses. He's going to come home and apologize and realize mm-hmm. that she's the best thing that ever happened to him. Gary comes home. He sleeps on the couch. He doesn't come home to apologize. That would have solved things immediately, honestly. Yeah. Then the next day, Brooke's coworker is like, hey, your mom called me. She told me what happened. Come here, sweetie. Give me a hug. It did make me think about, though, how breakups are very significant events, especially for people that have mm-hmm. been together for five plus years or whatever. Even a couple years is a lot. That relationship falls apart and then you're supposed to go to work the next day. Like no one can call out because of a breakup, you know, like that's not accepted in society. Well, honestly, I feel like breakups should qualify for bereavement leave. Honestly, bereavement leave is normally only like three days. Well, get it together. Three days should be enough, you know, get it out of your system. (laughs) Well, hopefully you can be lucky enough to, you know, break up on a Tuesday evening. So then you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday Uh back to work on Monday. Yeah, if that was a thing. But bereavement leave for a breakup is not a thing. But I'm saying we should take it more seriously. I'm sure it sounds really ridiculous. Like, oh, my God, it's just Mm -hmm. a breakup. If you've ever been through a serious breakup, you know Mm -hmm. how devastating it is. At the bare minimum, call in sick, okay? Because you are sick. My heart hurts. (laughs) Or honestly, you know what? Just go to work sobbing and so they send you home. (laughs) Yes. You know, like for proof. Right, yes. If you show up at work and have a breakdown at work first thing in the morning, you're going to have that day plus the next day. Yeah. And they're gonna be like, oh, no, I saw her. She she can't be here. Yes, That's so valid because feelings make people so uncomfortable. And there is nothing more difficult to witness than another human being's pain. Just someone Mm -hmm. just like sobbing in front of you. And you're just like, they're there. (laughs) And there's just like strings of snot just like coming down their face. You just have like the broom and you're just patting their back with it. (laughs) Yes. They're there. It's hard. (laughs) 
So again, Gary got the very bad advice that he needs to take control of the situation before he loses this condo and everything else and that there's probably another guy and yada yada. Brooke gets home from work midday and Gary has done what he always wanted to do and that was put the dining room table in the living room and put a pool table in the dining room. Yes. Also, the house is a mess. <laughs> his shit is everywhere. Right. Because he's been, he slept in the living room and now his clothes are all over the place. They're kind of kicked mm-hmm. into little piles everywhere. So that's the first thing she notices. And then she rounds the corner and there's a pool table where her dining room table should be. And Gary has brought in his friends who none of them look like they want to be there. They all look super uncomfy with being there. I expected her to yell. I expected her to yell at him. Yeah. And instead, she just kind of like straightens her back and takes a deep breath and goes directly to her bedroom. Yeah. She calls her friend. And again, Uh her friend gives her really good advice. Yeah. She said men are like toddlers. (laughs) You need to let him know. Uh, She's right in front of her husband, too, by the way. Yeah. She's like, you need to let him know that it's not unnoticed. It is not acceptable and it will not be tolerated. Brooke translates that advice into very toxic behavior. Yeah, she's blasting Alanis Morissette, tossing all his clothes into the hallway. The toxicity, the toxicity is escalating. And Mm -hmm. it's only going downhill from here. Because remember, Gary and Brooke are part of like this couple's bowling club. And it's bowling night. It's bowling night. Brooke gets there first. When Gary gets there, she's like, you should leave. She's like, this is a couple's bowling league. There's no more room for singles on the team. You have to go. And he's like, no, this is my bowling league too. I don't have to leave. And she's like, nobody wants you here. Dude, she straight up mean girl bullies him. Like, you can't sit with us. She's like, all right, everybody raise your hand if you think Gary should leave. The way Brooke and Gary are both weaponizing their friends in this breakup, it's so fucking messy. Bro, your friends are going to break up with you. (laughs) Yeah, for real. It's the most awkward thing being friends with a couple that's breaking up. You can't be neutral because there's always someone that you're closest to. So Frank and I, we had friends who were a couple. And when they broke up after years of dating, it was kind of like, oh, shit. Who gets to keep us in the breakup? Yeah, who gets custody? Gary is kicked off the bowling club. Brooke knows. And she even says after he leaves, she tells her friends, He loves this club. He is devastated right now. Uh Uh-huh. She thinks that by pushing him further and further down, it's somehow going to help him, quote, wake up. She tells her friend, I have him exactly where I want him. Now I'm taking things he loves away from him. And he's going to see that if he wants the things he loves back, I come with it. You know, like, it's kind of like not feeding a dog that won't let you pet it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's you're only making it angrier. Things are not getting better. There's something that happens to people. I don't know. This movie was kind of a bummer for me because I think about all the time how you have these people that they get together and they have these dreams and Uh they see themselves together forever. And then the moment that they break up, they can become cruel and mean and they want to hurt each other on the way Uh out. And it's so hard to see. I really want to think that if I ever went through like a breakup like this, that I would be mature about it. Courtney. I know I wouldn't be. I just want to think (laughs) I would be, okay? Girl, you're the pettiest bitch I know. That's why I love you. (laughs) Listen, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying. 
you I would want that for you too. I would want Thank that. You. I just don't understand Brooke's reasoning that Gary is going to come back to her because his life is falling apart. I think if anything, listen, I barely know Gary and I can tell you right now, this guy is stubborn as hell and he's only going to dig his heels in deeper. She would have done better with poisoning him to make him sick so he relied on her to take care of him. Courtney. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it would have worked better. It would have worked better, but my God, you're constantly like saying very incriminating <laughs> shit. Well, Brooke is getting to Gary, man. She is getting to him yeah. because he's picking fights with his brothers at work. His brother is like, I just want your damn tour logs. And Gary's like, you do it. If you want them so bad, you do it. And he's like, I have been doing it, but that's time that I could be spending with my family that I can't because I'm over here doing your job for you. I thought it was very telling because people don't behave a certain way in a vacuum. Like if you Mm -hmm. are insensitive, you're insensitive at work, you're insensitive at home, you're insensitive with your friends. Gary is, he doesn't think about other people very much. He really doesn't. And he's not a bad guy. And this is the thing, right? He doesn't seem like a bad guy. He seems like a good guy. He seems like he cares about people. He just doesn't think about them. (laughs) Yes, I feel like... If you were going through something and you didn't tell Gary, Gary would never notice. Mm -hmm. Gary would never realize that his actions were affecting you unless you flat out told him. You know, it reminds me of that song, uh, that Taylor Swift song. It's her and Bon Iver. It says, you never gave a warning sign. And then she sings, Mm -hmm. I gave so many signs. And that to me is a relationship like this where Gary was completely in the dark that Brooke was unhappy. And it obviously she's been unhappy for a while. Do you think this is how Taylor and Joe's split went down? Is that Joe was just completely in the dark that she was unhappy and she's singing these songs like you're losing me. And (laughs) he's just like, I love it, babe. (laughs) This is such a bop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because like her songs, Taylor Swift's songs sometimes will be very like dark and sad, but they will have like the cutest pop beats. So yeah, poor Joe was probably confused because she probably was communicating via her music. (laughs) Poor Joe probably like beta listened to this song and she was like, so? And he's just like, yeah, babe, I'm really digging it. I love this. (laughs) Totally. You could see how Brooke would think Gary doesn't care because he's acting like he doesn't care. And then you could see how Gary thinks that Brooke doesn't care because she's acting like she doesn't care. Brooke is at home one night. Gary gets home from the bar, turns the TV on super loud. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I have to work in the morning. You can't just have it up. He's like, I can do whatever I want in my room. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want in your room. And then the next morning, he is surprised and shocked to find Brooke's brother at his acapella band practicing in Brooke's room. Their only purpose is to annoy Gary, obviously. They're waking him up super early in the morning. There's something about acapella that I love and hate at the same time. It just, you have to be in the mood for it. Yeah, well, Gary gets in there and he's like, get the fuck out of my apartment. Mm -hmm. He's like, you get out now, we'll put you out. And then he steals the pitch pipe from Brooke's brother. And Brooke's brother, he is the guy and he is the one. And he's been waiting for this. Yes. He like does some ninja moves on Gary. Mm -hmm. Gets him on his back on the floor with his foot over Gary's throat. 
honestly goals because I this is the kind of stuff I want to learn how to do. I really want to learn how to make money by being mean to men. Isn't there a restaurant where the waitresses get to be really mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying there are career opportunities for you out there. I don't know. I find great joy in telling men that they're being emotional when they're yelling. I think that is one of the great joys of um, witnessing a man being emotional is pointing it out. And then watching their brain try to compute. (laughs) Emotionally. (laughs) Yeah, they're just like, they take a second to load. They go through all the stages of denial. In in like 30 seconds. (laughs) Um, Then they keep yelling. (laughs) Then they yell more. Brooke and Gary spend what, like a week or so just kind of pushing each other's buttons. Mm -hmm. And they're literally just taking turns, taking digs at each other. And doing stuff to piss the other off. Right. Just for funds or retribution or to get even. I'm not really sure if they understand why they're doing it at this point. But they just keep on doing it. And it's so weird because, again, Brooke wants to get back together with Gary. Brooke wants Uh Gary to apologize to her. Yeah. And Gary wants the condo. I I don't know what Gary wants right now. Gary is just mad and he has no framework for dealing with his emotions. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> well, the weekend comes around and it is now game night. Brooke goes to Gary and says, hey, you should probably call everybody and cancel. He says, no, if it's our turn to host game night, I'll host game night because I honor my commitments. Gary insists on them hosting game night, which is such a bad idea because essentially game night is all their friends coming over And their friends are mostly coupled up. So it's them and a bunch of other couples. Right before everybody gets there, Gary goes to Brooke and goes, dude, the house is a mess. There's no food. People are coming in an hour. Where are they going to eat? And she's like, figure it out, Gary. I told you to cancel. I thought it was a very important lesson for him to see that these game nights and these dinner parties don't just magically happen. There isn't an appetizer fairy that just puts cheese and crackers on a plate, you know? It doesn't just magically happen. Listen, if there was, I wouldn't trap an appetizer fairy if they're going to bring me pigs in a blanket. What do we have to put under our pillow for the appetizer fairy to come bring us some cheese platters? I don't know. Maybe we can like summon the spirit of charcuterie. The liver of a man. <laughs> the toe of an imposter. The tongue of a toad. You know what? I can get all those things. If I need a person toe under my pillow in order to have an appetizer fairy, I'll put a toe under my pillow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like Brooke doesn't do anything to help prepare for game night. And it also looks like she's not even embarrassed about it because, you know, her friends come over and the house is a mess. There's no clean dishes. They're drinking out of sports cups. Brooke opens one of the cabinets and there's like spilled food and wrappers just shoved in cabinets. And I'm like, is this how men live alone? No, Gary's just an incompetent man child. Listen, they're putting their friends through hell. Let me say this, because not only do their friends have to have the game night in this house that's currently a mess and obviously very awkward tension, but also in the middle of Pictionary, Gary and Brooke get into a super heated argument and it's like, it gets really, really intense. Well, so it's Brooke's turn to draw. Gary and somebody else are trying to guess what it is. They kept saying, shoo, 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 shoo. And she's shaking her head. And he's like, if people can't guess it, you draw something else. He just blows up and starts screaming at her. Mm -hmm. 
she starts screaming back at him. Mm-hmm. They get in a big argument. Yeah. People start to kind of leave. They're just like, we're <laughs> we're gonna head out. I love I love when this when scenes happen like this because it was this huge blowout argument right in front of all of their friends. So it's mm-hmm. really loud and intense. And then the next scene, you cut to silence. And Brooke and Gary are sitting in front of their friend who's basically acting like their therapist. So their friend is talking to them like a therapist. And he's like, you guys are not going to be getting back together. Mm-hmm. And Gary says, no way in hell. Brooke doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and it also, this living situation is not working. This friend of theirs just happens to also be their realtor. And he's like, that cracked me up because as a realtor can confirm that you end up being people's therapist all the time. The realtor friend is like, you know, as your realtor, Mm-hmm. I would advise you not to sell this place right now because you guys are not going to be making as much money if you hold on to it for like a couple years. Mm-hmm. He's like, as your friend, you guys need to get away from each other. This part really frustrates me because Brooke wants to get back with Gary. And yet she allows their realtor friend to put the condo up for sale, even though uh-huh. she's telling her friend that she doesn't want the condo to sell because she knows that if she loses the condo, she's going to lose Gary. She is like delusional at this point if she thinks that somehow this plan of hers to break him down is going to somehow bring them back together. So she resorts to asking her boss, I need you to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And her boss is like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go and get waxed. You know, you're going to get all buff and smooth. (laughs) <laughs> um, because you're a disgusting little Yeti right now. And then you're going to show him other men appreciating this canvas. You're going to make him jealous. Uh, sure, but this isn't going to fix the situation. But okay, it's not going to fix the core problems, right? Of their communication. No, a conversation <laughs> and a bottle of wine would have fixed this, to be completely honest. A little like, conversation would have completely fixed everything. So... She starts out by flaunting her newly waxed and buffed body by walking completely naked from her bedroom to the kitchen to grab a drink and back. Yeah. Well, Gary's on the couch playing video games, which side note, he does all the time, which side note is like, there's nothing wrong with that. He's a grown man. He has a job. He, you know, provides whatever. I don't know why I felt like that was relevant. It just doesn't. It is part of the problem. It is part of the problem because he is basically disassociating from his emotions, right? Like he's stressed from work. He wants to play video games instead of like connecting with his beautiful, gorgeous girlfriend, you know? Well, also he's using the video games as like, I'm relaxing. I get it. You want to relax, but the want to relax does not negate the responsibilities of the house. You know what I mean? There are a lot of times when I'm sure Brooke wants to relax. Honestly, this is the dynamic of the relationship and it took two people to build this dynamic. He has completely shrugged off all responsibility and she let it happen. Mm -hmm. And like now she's mad at the little monster she created, Mm -hmm. you know? The next thing Gary knows, there's a guy coming to the door asking for Brooke. This weird guy. He he looks like he drinks IPAs. (laughs) What's IPA? Um, It's a type of beer. It's really gross. I hate it. He looks like he drinks local craft IPAs and probably has a sister that doesn't talk to him. Okay, listen, I'm just saying he looks really creepy. That is a very specific description. I'm going to believe you. I don't know what IPAs are. I don't drink beer, nor do I like care about it <laughs> at all. I've never judged people by the beer that they drink. 
Maybe I should start. I think Gary can see that this guy is not a threat at all. And he sees through the situation. He sees that Brooke is just trying to make him jealous. And so he's acting like he doesn't even have a care in the world that Brooke, after just having been waxed, is going on a date. Yeah, Obviously, the date was a sham. She she dips out. She doesn't. They don't, she doesn't even get to drinks with this guy. Right. And she leaves. Yeah. So uh, the friend that set her up with this guy, she tells this friend, "Listen, I need someone that Gary can actually be jealous of." So the friend sets Brooke up with this tall, attractive guy. Gary is jealous. You could see on his face that he's jealous. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, wait a minute. This one might actually be a real date." Brooke has been leaving the date and Gary alone for a few minutes, you know, to build the tension. Yeah, it totally backfires. And what ended up happening is Uh Gary essentially made this date, this guy, fall in love with him. The guy is obsessed with Gary now. He wants to play video games with Gary. He makes Brooke wait until they finish the game. The guy was just talking about Gary the whole time. Like, yeah, Gary invited me to join his bowling league. To be fair, it's really hard to make friends as an adult. And I could definitely see getting excited. Like, you, you're growing it out with this guy. You know, you just made a new friend. That's exciting. Brooke obviously can't let Gary know this date didn't happen. So mm-hmm. she goes over to her friend's house and hangs out for a little while. Meanwhile, Gary was like... Oh, this bitch thinks she's going to go out with this hot ass dude with zero repercussions. No. He calls his friend and said, hey, poker night at my house. Bring girls. Strip poker night. So by the time Brooke gets home, the house is basically trashed because there's been this huge party there. There are half naked girls dancing. Gary's on the couch, wasted. He has a pillow in front of his junk. I think he's naked. It's just like so disrespectful, to be honest, like regardless of their dating history. It's just like Mm -hmm. they're just going beyond. I feel like Gary's being more disrespectful here than Brooke is. Well, she's just going on a date, which is kind of hurtful, to be honest, but it's not disrespectful. Well, is it disrespectful? I don't think so. I think maybe having them pick her up at the house might Mm -hmm. be a little disrespectful, But him bringing other women into the common areas of the home that they currently share is disrespectful. I feel like this is really kind of a breaking point Mm -hmm. for both of them, honestly. This was rock bottom for their breakup. The next day, Brooke gets a call that the condo was sold. And this is not how real estate works, for the record. Your property doesn't just sell without you knowing. You have to sign a contract. But, you know, whatever. That's neither here nor there. You don't have to do research when you write uh, the screenplay. Well, yeah, she gets a call from the realtor in the morning. And then she leaves Gary a note that says condo sold out in two weeks. I don't understand Brooke's mentality because this is like a game of chicken for her. And now the condo sold. And she she has made a decision. I need to get back together with Gary. She decides to fold, kind of. It's the weirdest thing, though, because instead of just coming to him and saying like, hey, this is getting out of hand. I want to get back together. She goes to him very passive aggressively announcing that she had purchased tickets for them to a concert previously and that she was going and Mm -hmm. um, she wanted to offer him the other ticket. Mm -hmm. She doesn't let him know what it really means to her, which for her, I think this was like a chance for them to reconnect. She makes it seem like it's no big deal. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. I have it. If you want to come, come, Mm -hmm. whatever. He agrees to go 
And she's hoping this will kind of spark. This is kind of how they met. She's hoping that this will spark something in Gary. And he stands her up. He does not show up. Later that night, Gary gets home and he goes to Brooke's room to apologize for not showing up to the concert. Uh And he doesn't realize what a big deal it was to her until he sees her crying in her room. She is, she's crying. Yeah, she is just sobbing in her room. She says, leave me alone. Get out of here. Go away. He's like offering to pay her back for what she spent on the ticket. And she's like, how did we get here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. How did we get here? She finally uses her words, as we try to tell our toddlers to do. Please use your words. She uses her words and she finally tells him that all she wanted was for him to show her that he cared. All she wanted Mm -hmm. was to feel appreciated. That's all she wanted. Yeah. And he tells her, like, I'm not a mind reader. I didn't know that you really wanted me to go. I didn't know that, like, supposed to be kind of a date. And to be fair, he's not a mind reader. I think sometimes people think that nagging about the things people do wrong is communicating mm-hmm. your needs, but it's not. No, it's not because people aren't mind readers. I mean, not all of them. I'm sure at least one probably <laughs> is. There's someone that's like, speak for yourself, Courtney. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. a mind reader. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I think that... Like I said before, a lot of this could have just been solved if they would have just communicated. He seems to really take this to heart as she's telling him what she needed from him. He's trying to say to her like, hey, I, I'm willing to try, you know, like I, I actually mm-hmm. and she basically kicks him out. She says it's not who you are. I think what she's getting at is you're only apologizing because I'm upset. You're apologizing to defuse the situation. I don't think that's true. I think he was genuinely sorry i think he genuinely had no idea he was he's a he's a man baby do you think that he if she would have just said i'm upset because of this this and this he would have been like oh i'm sorry i didn't realize that's how it made you feel no no you're right because his thing is talking his way out of things so he was always going to talk his way out of why he wasn't wrong well gary goes to the friend that gives him really bad advice. Only this time, the friend actually pulls through in a weird way because he says, it's not your fault. It's her fault. She should have expected it from you. Everyone knows you only do what you want to do. You never let anyone close enough to let your guard down and let them in. That poor girl never stood a chance. That really gets to Gary. And that's exactly what I what I was saying earlier, where it's like, if someone acts selfish, they don't just act selfish with their loved ones. They act selfish with everyone. Yeah. And Gary's friends have noticed. Right. And it's not just this friend. I guarantee you the rest of them have noticed too. It's a personality quirk. And listen, we all have them. There is no perfect person, right? Like, Because someone could be very thoughtful, but they could also be maybe like not understanding boundaries or not reading a room or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we all have things that we have to work on. But if no one tells you, you're never going to know. You do have to point things out that people do sometimes. Yeah. Especially if it bothers you. Gary decides to take his friend's words to heart. He does. It's funny because first he goes to work and he pulls an all-nighter at work. And I thought his grand gesture somehow involved a calculator because he was like up all night with a calculator. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he was just doing his ledger or whatever the heck his brother was complaining about before. Gary never did his end of the paperwork because Gary didn't see value in it. And Gary only does what he sees value in doing. Mm -hmm. 
So he's finally trying. He's finally like kind of trying to do things that maybe he doesn't want to do because they help the people he loves. While Gary is setting up for his grand gesture with Brooke, Brooke's quitting her job. Brooke is having, I don't know, I think this is not uncommon for women to have this huge breakup. It's not enough for us to just break up with our boyfriend of five years. We have to cut our hair, quit our job, and like lose 30 pounds. Like it needs to be a major life change. Yeah, definitely. I guess she's taking her money that she's getting from the sale of the condo and she's going on a big adventure with it. Gary does a, I guess, a romantic gesture, which in the grand scheme of things is probably the smallest romantic gesture I've ever seen in a romantic movie. (laughs) Like literally, he cleans the house, sets the table and makes dinner. Bruh. And it's also like too little too late. Yeah, it is. Like, honestly, if he would have did this the day after their fight, Mm -hmm. this wouldn't even have been a movie. Right, right. Like, literally, the day after their fight, he could have just done the dishes and it would have been good enough. It is too little too late because when Brooke comes in and he essentially tells her, you know, I made dinner and I love you, I want to be with you, I miss you. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what to say. And at first, I think that she's like, overcome with emotion because she's Mm -hmm. been saying this whole time she doesn't want to break up with Gary. Yeah, but in the end, she says, I don't feel the same way. Honestly, it's not what I was expecting. I really thought she was going to fold the second he apologized. No, I think that after this has gone on for this long, it's been what, like a month? I think that standing her up at the concert was really just one of her rock bottoms. Mm -hmm. I think that she's like, okay, it's really over. It's really, really over. Gary and Brooke essentially say goodbye to each other in an empty condo. Like the condo is empty. It's the end of an era. It just, I don't understand how people that have been together for five years suddenly agree to be strangers and be out in the world at the same time and never talk again. Like how, like breakups are so weird for me to wrap my head around. My parents are like best friends and they talk every day. They're divorced though. Still, even after their divorce, they talk every day? Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Um, Even after their divorce, they talk like every day. I always tell people that if you break up with someone, it has to be a clean cut. You can't be friends. You can't check up on them. You have to move on completely because otherwise you're going to keep falling back into the old dynamics. You have to social media stalk them like a normal person. (laughs) Even that, you know, you should limit Mm -hmm. that even. I don't know. Social media stalking people is literally my favorite thing. I social media stalk people I literally don't care about. I'll just fall into a rabbit hole of randomly seeing someone comment on a, on a friend's post. And I'm like, huh, I like your hat. And then I click on it and I'm like, huh, you went to Alaska three years ago. And then like before I know it, I'm like all the way down to, you know, 2001 on their feed. I, I don't Instagram stalk people because, some you know, you have a double tap and it mm-hmm. likes it. And you're like, fuck. Yeah, Instagram gets you every single time when you're just trying to zoom in on a picture. Like you're just trying to zoom in to get a closer look. And next thing you know, it says you like the picture and you're like, great. Yeah, no, Instagram does you dirty. (laughs) I bet the guys who developed all those features are just giggling. Yeah, so, you know, when they're saying their goodbyes in the empty condo, um, you know, he's saying that he could have tried a little harder. He could have tried, he could have put more effort Mm -hmm. into things. 
And she says that now that she's taking a look around, a pool table definitely could have fit. Yeah, I thought it was a sweet moment of both of them acknowledging that the other one had a point. So because that's usually how it is. People come out of relationships and they kind of paint the other person as being the monster. And Mm -hmm. really, it was just two people who couldn't see eye to eye. When I was talking to Frank about the movie earlier today, I told him it felt like this movie was made in hindsight. Mm. You know, it's was made by somebody that just went through a breakup and can see everything in clarity. That's so true. It does feel like it was made in hindsight because no one is painted as overtly the villain. Mm -mm. No one is painted as 100% right or 100% wrong. Just 100% hurt, (laughs) which honestly is what a breakup is. Just two people that are hurt and sometimes people lash out when they're hurt. Well, lucky for us, we do get kind of Some closure, because at the end of the movie, we see Gary's business finally got a tour boat to go Mm -hmm. along with their bus. Mm -hmm. Also, Brick is back in Chicago and runs into Gary as he's leaving a grocery store. They run into each other on the street and they have this very pleasant yet awkward small talk. This is the thing about breakups. I can't like it's so hard for me to witness two people that are supposed to know each other better than anyone. And Mm -hmm. now they're strangers. Yeah, because they are essentially strangers now. They don't know anything that's happened in the other's life because this is before. Well, this is right on like the cusp of social media, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So back then people really were literal strangers. Mm -hmm. Unless you like knew somebody and could check up and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, just... Wondering how she's doing. Her hair is different. I think Mm -hmm. she made it a little darker. It's a little longer. He lost weight. They both seem happy and they Mm -hmm. both seem happy to see each other. There's no hurt in their eyes. There's no, you know, it just, they just both seem happy. It's awkward, but sweet. And then they say their goodbyes and walk away from each other. They, they both look back. They both catch each other looking back at the Mm -hmm. other. Yeah. And then they just continue about their way. Yeah, and the movie ends there. And this yes. is a very brave way to end a rom-com, roman- a rom-com in 2006. Like, wow, it was kind of uh, surprising because I really expected that they were going to find a way to get back together. And honestly, I'm glad they didn't because they're they're both good people. The characters are good people, but they're not right for each other. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. They weren't right for each other when they were dating, yeah, exactly. But I feel like right now they are different people. Mm. So they could be right for each other now. And it's interesting, right? Like if you just allow that person to grow, maybe you guys can get back together and be the right for each other. But when you're wrong for each other, staying together, I don't think you can become right for each other. No, I think that if you guys are wrong for each other, you can't become the right person together. You have to mm-hmm. have that separation he would have to become a completely different person to Mm -hmm. really work things out with her. But when it's the case of like just someone needing some growth or a little bit of maturity, yeah, I think you can grow together as a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this case, 
she needs a considerate, thoughtful person. And that's just not who he is. Like some people are just not Mm -hmm. considerate and thoughtful and it doesn't mean they're bad people. And if I sound like I am defending them is because I consider myself not to be like specially thoughtful and considerate. So (laughs) I just like, it doesn't come naturally to me. I have to work at it. I feel like I am overly thoughtful and considerate sometimes to where like makes people uncomfortable. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, Sometimes I make people uncomfortable and then they're like, can you like fucking not? (laughs) Could you tone the bitch up, please? Thank you. All right, guys, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.